this life that we're to choose is a life that hears the Word and does the Word. The life is based upon this, the Word of God. lunch with this morning is the 30th chapter of Deuteronomy 19 first where God says I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death blessing and cursing therefore choose life Choose life that thou and that thou and thy seed may live. So this morning, we're going to uh, identify the ministry as choosing life. Choose life. Now, now let me clarify this because this life that we choose is a life. that is in the Word of God. Amen. Not natural life, but the God kind of life. Okay? This is the life that is not governed by the five physical senses. It's a divine life that grows from the new redeemed spirit. To receive this life, we must be redeemed from spiritual death first, and then grow spiritually by receiving the Word of God as food for our spirits, to strengthen our spirits above the natural senses. So we're not ruled by the senses or the natural life to arrive at a place where we can call those things that be not as though they were. That's the goal. That's what God's expecting. But to get to that place, you have to progress beyond the sense realm. First Corinthians, the second chapter, 14th verse, the Apostle Paul is talking to the church at Corinth, at Corinth and he said in verse 4, or 14, excuse me, he said, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Okay, and then in 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, we'll start with verse 1. And he said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk, and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able, for you are yet carnal. For there, for where is there is among you ending strife, division, and are you not carnal and walk as mere men? The fact of the matter here is, these people had been redeemed for a period of time. And they were still living natural lives. Their sense realm, 
Their senses govern what they did, what they said, the whole smear. Well, today, that's what we have to contend with in the body of Christ. So, how to be free from this kind of Christian life? Instead of walking out into the fullness and liberty and riches of His grace, we have halted. There has been no growth or development in our lives. The word does not mean much to us because we haven't applied ourselves to be doers of the word. Now, I open the service with this statement. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he saith. That's a doable verse. That's a doable. When's the last time you spoke to a mountain? When's the last time you, and, and you understand the context that this word mountain is used here. It's a, something that's, a, that's an obstruction that's hindering you. When's the last time you spoke to the obstruction? When's the last time you took the, the, uh, uh, you took the initiative? Instead of describing how bad the situation was, instead of describing how high the mountain is, until instead of describing how much difficulty you think you're going to have, to uh, challenge this particular obstacle in your life. Instead of doing all those natural things, this is requirement for spiritual things. Speak to it because you have that ability. You have the God-given ability to speak to the challenges of life. Now, here's the whole point here. If you do not speak to them... They do not have to obey anything. They do not have to obey someone else. It's your mountain. It's your situation. And if you do not speak to it, if you do not challenge it, it will challenge you. And if you, if you in your daily living, approach this obstacle, whatever it is, the majority of people do it this way. They approach it in a natural situation, sense realm. How can we defeat this through the senses? That's not what this is talking about. That's not being a doer of the word. Okay? Now, here's the problem. When you continue to go to some other source for your answer, you become weaker spiritually, not stronger, okay? Now, Jude says, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, didn't he? Huh? But did you know to get the faith to be built up, you've got to go to the Word? Because the faith comes from the Word. Huh? So you want to build your faith up, you've got to go to the Word of God first. And you've got to give the Word of God its rightful place. You've got to esteem it. You've got to pay attention to it. You've got to honor it. And you've got to believe it. Not only do you have to believe it, 
But Jesus gave an illustration in the Gospels. He said, anybody that hears my word and does my word is like a person who built his house on the rock. Remember that? So it's two parts, isn't it? It's hearing the word and doing the word. So this life that we're to choose is a life that hears the word and does the word. The life is based upon this, the word of God. Okay? Uh, Psalms 119.105 Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Can you say that? Can you make that proclamation? Can you make that declaration? Can you say that? Because you're saying that to God and you're saying it to his word. That the word of God is the lamp to your feet. And it's a light to your path. Anytime that you have situations, you know exactly where to go to get your answer from the Word of God. If you're going to be a doer. Okay? Now, here's what happens. There's no growth or development in people's lives that the Bible, the Word of God, doesn't have a great meaning to them. The people who do not esteem this Highly are not developed in their spiritual life. Okay, and we're going to describe some of that here a little bit in just a moment. Okay, we'll start. First uh, Peter two two says, "As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word." that you may thereby grow. A baby desires the milk. So the whole idea here is, what do you desire? Do you desire the Word of God? Or do you desire substitutes? Or do you desire human knowledge? Or do you desire human wisdom? Now, Mom's favorite scripture, remember, is found in 1 Corinthians second chapter, isn't it? First chapter, second chapter, where it talks about that our faith should be in what? The power of God, not the wisdom of men. So that means, as you look at that, that's an opportunity to choose something. And it's easier to choose. Listen to me. It's easier to choose. It's easier for Christians to choose the wisdom of men than it is to choose the power of God. Because the wisdom of men is governed by the sense realm. When you choose to put your confidence and your faith in the power of God, that means you have to have grown some, some spiritually. That's what Paul was identifying to these people. They were babies. They couldn't do this. They couldn't do these things that he was that we're challenged to do this morning. They couldn't do that. He said, I have to feed you milk. I can't feed you meat. Years ago, there were people in the church here, and leadership used to say when we'd have our leadership meetings, that they had friends that they dare not bring to this church because they weren't ready for this church. Really? What does it take to get ready for the truth? 
What, what, what are you going to send them someplace and let people lie to them and then bring them here? Huh? What was such a, what was the, what was the challenge? Now, I knew what the challenge was. They themselves were having trouble with the Word of God. And they felt like their friends would have more trouble than them. And so they're just laying the foundation for them. We won't bring them. We have friends, but they're not ready for this church. And I'm thinking, really? What's so different about this church? All churches are supposed to be like this church as far as I'm concerned. They're supposed to tell you the truth. Okay? Now, let, let me lay a little foundation, a little more foundation. When Cheryl and I were first filled with the Holy Spirit, going to the Methodist church, this is my viewpoint on the way it was at that time. They never made it known the importance of the Word of God in a person's life. They, they just, you know, it was... It was a book. They preached out of it, but they never could identify or they never could bring it across the importance of this in your daily life. You know, I can remember Sunday school classes that we had, and the topic was Paul's three missionary journeys. Really? I didn't know Paul even went on a missionary journey. I had no clue about the Scripture. I had no clue about the Bible. But I'm thinking later on, that was an important subject. Paul's three missionary journeys. They never said what Paul did on his three missionary journeys. He just went there. And of course, it was all kind of, it was a topic for discussion. And so when you walked out of the place, you knew no more than when you walked in because there was nothing there to challenge you from the scriptures about your life spiritually. And so here we, here we go. They made it not known if the importance of God's word, nor did they know the difference between the, in the scripture that pertained to the law and, and the scriptures that paint, pertain to grace. That's a major thing that you have to learn. The difference in the scripture between the law and grace. Because you can't have it both ways. Amen. And today that's what you hear a steady diet of most of the time. Is I listen to people and I hear immediately right away that they, they're, they're trying to bring under, they're trying to bring people under uh, a, a version of the law instead of recognizing that the law is not for the body of Christ. And so there's a difference. Now there are scriptures, and I'm going to give you some. There are scriptures that, that go from Genesis to Revelation, passes through all of the dispensations. Then there are scriptures that are isolated for the law. And I'll give you an easy one. Somebody came to Jesus and said, How should, what should I do to be saved? And Jesus gave them the equivalent of uh, forgive everybody so that you can be forgiven. That's law. That's not grace. 
See, that's the whole difference. You, you have to understand the difference between what the Scripture tells you to function, be a doer of the Word. How are you going to be a doer of the Word still the law? Remember I told you the other night, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 is probably by the, the, one of the Scriptures that ministers put people back under the law. When it says, renew your mind. Do you know how you renew your mind? Huh? By being a doer of the Word. You can't renew your mind without doing the Word. You have to do it. As you do the Word, that renews your mind. Now, the reason you renew your mind is not because you're going to use your mind to accomplish things spiritually. You renew your mind to stop your mind from holding you up. Because right. your mind will challenge you on everything you try to do that you haven't renewed it. In other words, you haven't caused it to come in agreement with your spirit. That's what you renew your mind for, to get your mind to agree with your spirit. Your spirit's not going to agree with your mind. Because your spirit's not mental. Your spirit is spiritual. And it should be the leading part. But Paul was talking to these people. Remember, he said, you're babies. I can't challenge you as I should because you can't handle it. You're, you're still wanting milk. Well, how long is it that people are going to want milk? When are they going to decide to move off the milk range and get over into the word range? Huh? So these people... They couldn't, they couldn't give us the truth pertaining to a law and grace. We were living in the sense realm. The whole church was in the sense realm and did not know the difference. We didn't know the difference. We didn't know the difference between spirit, our spirits and our senses. Before you can know the difference between spirit and senses, someone has to challenge you on it. You listening to me? Okay. Now here's the thing, you know. In the in the new seeker friendly movement, no challenge. Can't challenge anybody in the seeker friendly movement. Had a man tell me that here's how we're gonna do this. We're gonna have a round table discussion. Nobody's nobody's in charge. Everybody, anybody can bring their subject to the table. And uh, if you just, I said, well, wait, wait, wait. What if I disagree? Well, then you can't challenge it. You just have to. I said, really? You expect me to drive 100 miles, meet with people, and they're going to tell me things that I disagree with from the Scripture? And I can't say, wait, oh, wait a minute. He said, yeah, that, you know, that's what we're doing today. I said, not me. I can find something else to do. I'm not doing that. If you're, if, you're, if you're telling me, if you're leadership someplace, and you're telling me, well, we're, we're, we do seeker friendly at our church. We don't challenge anybody, and, and we don't do this, and we don't do that, and, and we, you know, we, we come as you are, and, and uh, well, I'm not into that. 
I don't, I'm, I don't believe that. I believe the more casual you are in your approach to the Scripture, more casual your belief becomes. And that's what we don't need today is a casual belief. We need a, we need a real belief, not a casual belief. A casual belief means, well, okay, well, uh, if you don't like that, well, if you don't like to give, you don't have to give. Really. That's casual. We don't receive offerings, and we don't receive tithes, gifts, and all We have a box in the back, and if you'd like to, on your way out or in, if you'd like to put something in the box, you can do that. Really? Really? Yeah, that's where it's going. That's where it's headed. And that's where it is in some places. I went to church, my wife and I went to a church like that. We first started attending, and I kept thinking, you know, did we get here late? Did we miss something? Because they never received the tithes at all. They never received anything. And so the next Sunday, we made sure we were there early. And no tithes, no offerings, no nothing. So about the third Sunday, we asked somebody, hey, wait a minute. Do you all receive tithes? Oh, no, 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 no. We don't do that. We have a box at the back of the church. And if you would like to put something in the box, really, no thanks. That's, that's, that's not God's way. And it's for you to get offended because somebody stands up here and said, I'm going to give $1,000, and you can't. You get offended. you got a real problem, darling. Huh? You're not a doer of the word. And so here's what's happened to you. The only overcoming of that is being a doer of the word. You're now in a position of weakness. And guess what? When you're that weak, you have no faith. You have no joy. You have no wisdom. All the things that you should have that's guiding your life, you don't have. You become a liability to the church. You're not a blessing to anybody. You're a liability to the church because you're a spiritual hitchhiker and you need everybody to pray for you because you hadn't got sense enough to pray for yourself. Because you're so natural and so carnal, you can't do it. That's not what church is about. You're supposed to come here and grow up and take your rightful place. Your rightful place is not a hitchhiker. Your rightful place is not a liability. Your rightful place is a leader. You're supposed to be leading the thing. The answer to life is in the Word of God. The answer to life. Life. Victorious living. A lot of people would like to, they, and, and rightfully so at times, it, it's, 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 it's a right to do this by the direction of the Holy Ghost. People would like to have prayer to live victorious. But really, that's not how you live victorious by prayer. Somebody else is praying. You live victorious by doing the Word. 
being a doer. And to be a doer of the Word, we open the service by making the commitment, I'm a doer of the Word, not a hearer only. That has to become your mandate daily. That's well, You open your day with those statements and you close your day with those statements. I'm a doer of the Word. You've got to set yourself in agreement with the Word of God so that when the challenge comes, you don't reach over here for the natural realm. You reach over to the spiritual realm because you're a doer of the Word. Amen. Not a hearer only. Amen? Amen. So in the, in the scriptures there at that church, we did not understand how to do the Word. We knew that there were certain scriptures that condemned us and made us feel guilty, but there was no life in the Word for us. That's not what goes on at this church. There's no reason for you to feel condemned and guilty because you cannot be if you're redeemed. See, we were redeemed. Those people were redeemed but they didn't know what redemption meant because they still wanted to pray the Lord's Prayer every Sunday and they still wanted the Apostles' Creed every Sunday and they still wanted the Ten Commandments all the time because they did not know the difference between grace and law. We don't do the Apostles' Creed. We don't do the Lord's Prayer. We don't do the, excuse me, the Ten Commandments. We're not under the law. We're in grace. Grace, wonderful grace, amazing grace. Okay? Um, That's Matthew, the seventh chapter, 24th verse where the Lord Jesus was talking about the people who believed on what he said. Let's, I'll give it to you. Therefore, whosoever heareth these things, these sayings of mine. This is Jesus speaking to the crowd. He said, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken them unto a wise man which built his house upon the rock. And the winds descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell not for it was founded upon the rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall thereof. That was under the law. Jesus is talking to people under the law, giving them those instructions. Those instructions will cross all of the denominator, all of the dispensational lines. Those instructions will work today. You've got to be a doer of the Word, not a hearer only. In James, the 1st chapter, 22nd verse, but prove yourself, this is in the Amplified, but prove yourself doers of the Word, actively and continually obeying God's precepts, not merely listeners who hear the Word, but fail to internalize its meaning deluding yourself by unsound reasoning contrary to the truth. You have to, you have to know how your mind works. We, we, I, I tell you this, anytime there's certain subjects that are especially more, they're triggers. Giving is one of them. Anything that pertains to money is a major trigger until you defeat it. 
I used to get just, I, I used to be upset just like everybody else because I, did, I, hadn't, I hadn't gone through the scriptures to renew my mind to the truth. Okay? And so see, as a youngster growing up in the, in the religious churches, the idea was uh, I was living under the law. I had to do these things. I had to tithe. That's not, that's not the truth. You don't have to tithe. You're out from under the law. We tithe because we love God, not because God's going to take something from us if we don't. That's different. whole different wisdom. That's man's wisdom is you have to do it. And I used to say this. We got to give something this Sunday because if we don't, God's going to get his part next week. Something's going to break. Something's going to do this. Something's going to do that. That was where I was. That was my life. That was the whole. I worked all weekend. Saturday, Sunday, I worked all weekend on a rattle trap car so it would run the next week from Monday to Friday. And then it was back up on the blocks again. Why? Because that's what I was saying out of my mouth. It was a mountain and I wasn't challenging it. I was trying to defeat it manually and mentally. Are you still with me? Amen. Hebrews 4.2 goes across the dispensational lines. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. When you hear the word, you, you, you have to mix faith with the word you hear. Every time, and I've said this for a long, long time, it's dangerous to come to church. The reason I say this is when the truth is given and you, you challenge it mentally, you got yourself a problem because it isn't mental. Amen. I won't say things that your mind likes. I'm saying things that your spirit likes. But if you have choked your spirit down and you haven't allowed it to grow, and you haven't developed it, it's easier for you to reach for the natural than it is for the spiritual. And when the pressure of life starts to hit you, now it's time for you to find a new church. Oh, yeah. I see this happening all the time. We used to say it this way. People come, they're excited. They're really excited. They, they show up, they sit in the first two rows like little birds with their mouth open. They're really excited. You say something that cr goes crosswise with what they believe. And the next week, they're three rows back. And they, they, I'm not going to correct it. They don't correct it. They're four rows back. Five rows back. Once that back, going back starts, there's no stopping it. Amen. You might as well walk up to them and shake hands and tell them bye. Because they're going to leave. They're just looking for a nice exit. They're looking for a way to leave so that they don't get blamed. They're looking for the way to, to leave so Cheryl and I will be blamed. That's the truth.
Funny thing, isn't it? This becomes obvious in lives. No change, always on the wrong side with God. They, they see the glass the wrong way. Instead of seeing the glass half full, they see the glass half empty. Always going down, going down, going down. And they can't change that around. See, you, you, there's no mental exercise that can change that for you. It has to be a spiritual exercise that changes it. You have to get into the Scripture and convince yourself that God's right. You have to be convinced God is right. And once you do that, it flips. Now you don't see it that way anymore. Now you see it the right, you see it God's way. You think God sees the thing half empty? They start seeing things naturally. They can't see anything spiritually. They have difficulty hearing things in church, in services. They hear things that every, everybody in here hears the same thing, but th to them, it's not, it's not what was said. It's what they wanted to hear. Okay? Now, we, we, we went through this offended thing, but they do get offended. There's no question about that. It's real. Offended is real. Some people think we're trying to say you didn't get it. Yeah, you get offended. This is the easiest place in the world to get offended. Church. Did you not know that? Huh? You go to Lions Club and they don't offend you. The Kiwanis. Church. Because you won't let God be God. And you won't let the Word be the Word. And you won't let the gift be the gift. You want to massage it and make it something else. You want to weaken this. You want to weaken the gift. And you can't, you can't do that. And it'll, it will hurt you. It'll get you. What you're doing is you're walking around with fig leaves on. And you don't have sense enough to know it. You think you're fully dressed. Don't you think Adam and Eve thought they were fully dressed? Huh? Why do you think we have Bible studies? How many, how many have you attended? What's your reasoning for attended? For attending? Do you go there to get something? Or do you go there to stir up trouble? People are people, folks. You're supposed to, you, you have to set your agenda yourself. How many of you this morning set your agenda to attend the service to receive something, or did you just attend? Most people just attend because it's just a custom. It's just a habit. It's just what we do. You know what? And that rubs off on your children, and they realize it's not real. It's just a habit. It's just what you do. And pretty soon, you got problems with your children spiritually because they don't believe you. Because when you should be an example to them, Mom was reminding me this morning, when Jesus was 12 years old, he was in the temple teaching by the time he was 12 years old, he knew the first five books of the Bible backwards, forward, inside, and out. 
that was a requirement for Jewish boys. What's the requirement for Gentile or body of Christ boys? What's the requirement? Do you challenge your children on the Word of God? Do you ask them what they believe, where they are, what, they, what the Word stands for in their life? Or do you, are you like the rest of these progressives? Well, we're just not going to talk about that till they're old enough to make their own decision. Really? By that time, you've already sold them into slavery to Satan. You did it. Because when they were tender and young and at an age they could be molded, you didn't do what you're supposed to do. You let somebody else mold them. And listen, the world's just looking for that deal. They'll mold your children into heathens before you can turn around. They see what's happening in the church, and they'd rather believe in the calls of Cheryl, mom, or some other person. They make statements like, Cheryl said, or Cheryl did. Or somebody else said, or somebody else did, rather than the work of the Holy Ghost. Right. Holy Ghost is talking to you all the time through the gift. Yes. You, have to, you have to receive, this is what happens when you start lowering the value of the gift in your life. Now you see it as a person doing it. So when a person does it, you don't have to obey it. You've already lowered down its value. And you don't want to dare think it's the Holy Ghost speaking to you because you'd have to obey it. And you didn't come here to obey the Holy Ghost. You came here because you got an agenda all your own, and it's natural. It's a natural agenda because why? Because you're not a doer of the Word of God. So, you make people uncomfortable, not necessary to the natural mind, the sensual mind. There are people who would rather look for God in nature than see Him working in the lives of people. They say, we'd rather go to the mountains or go to the lake to see God than go to church. They feel closer to God in nature than they do in church because either they're hiding something in their life or their family or they're weak in what they believe, and it's all sense knowledge. Hurts to change, living behind fig leaves, can't grow, lost the right to use Jesus' name, which is a gift, can't stop sickness and disease because it's spiritual. It is spiritual, not senses. You can see we take our place in Christ and hear and do the Word of God. Hear and do, hear and do, hear and do. This will be our lives until we decide to, to receive the Word of God as our guideline for life and begin to do the work, the Word. We will remain weak and defeated, started by saying, start by saying over and over and over, I am a doer of the Word, not a hearer only. I am a doer of the word. 
not a hearer only. Repeat this, repeat this, repeat this, repeat this. I am a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Amen, amen, amen.